We're back. It's time for another episode of The Soccer Dad Pod. Uh, Jumped into today's episode with a purposeful uh, throwback tune. Uh, My beloved Uncle Tupelo from the East Side. From a Way Back When show. uh, From a Way Back When album. Um, Really stoked for today's episode. I've got uh, Mr. Zach Lewis, the carpool co-host of the day, uh, here with me. Say hello, Zach. Hey, JB. And uh, we got a kind of a uh, a really uh, inspiring guest today. Um, somebody that is—I mean—he's checked all the boxes here, uh, not only in our backyard, but uh, touched many a corner of this globe doing what he does uh, to tens of thousands and thousands of people uh and he's bringing it all back to the backyard and taking that energy and doing even more today uh in his uh um, middle golden years i'm not going to say the latter years he's not latter part yet no um and um special guest today who is definitively a soccer dad as well and we'll be getting into that in a little bit um so Right out of the gate, what I want to do is a quick, kind of like what I do with my children in the morning, uh, checklist. You know, the, the the typical, do you have your stuff? You know, is your bag packed, et cetera? But we're going to do it podcast style. So um, what I'd like you to do, and in, in this order, is listen to the instructions, and then we'll uh, go from there. Step one, uh, remember that you can find us on Spotify. <coughs> Apple Pods, uh, Amazon, all of them, uh, do us a favor and hit the follow button. And then what you'll do is after you hit the follow button, you will hit the review button and you will lie and you'll attempt the five stars, uh, whether you like it or not. And, uh, and then we will appreciate it. And then, and then the third step would be tell your friends, share it on socials, uh, any of your uh, local neighborhood groups, etc. They'll all look at you like you're crazy or whatever, but tr- it, it'll help us out in the long run. So go ahead and hit the pause button now, and in two seconds we'll come back and you'll have done that, correct? But one more step. Yeah, what's that? After you hear our guest today, make sure you like and follow them as well. Oh, bingo. Tell them you heard them on our podcast and thank them for coming on as a guest. Yeah, because the thing is like a simple like is more like a middle finger. A comment saying exactly what you think is the actual endearing step. So now that you guys have already done that, uh, we really appreciate the follow, the shares, and the comments. Um, Wanted to recap last episode. Uh, We had Jody and Blake on. Uh, Jared was the uh, color commentary that time. Um, You know, I was talked to a few people about the show, and uh, one thing popped up, and there was like, kind of a mini debate as to, you know, when it comes to our children, is there a line that we cross where we're uh, bragocious or um, gone too far in talking about their successes? Uh, In fact, we talked about it on our recent trip up to Chicago. We did. And um, I've thought about it. And and my reply to that is no. Um, Our job as parents is to give them every opportunity in the world and be their largest cheerleaders. And when they succeed, I think it's our job to also be like, they've succeeded. Um, I don't see it as bragging per se, 
I see it as part of the reason we did this show is you want to talk about that process, you know? Well, I think there's a difference between bragging based on opinion and feelings and stating facts about the quality that these kids have yeah, and the placement within their sport, within their age, within their region. Those are, those are facts. And right. it can be uncomfortable to talk through those things because it does come off as braggadocious or pretentious, but those are the realities that we live in. And that's why we actually started this discussion because yeah. it is somewhat unique sometimes with what we get to deal with with our kids. And I think it doesn't matter if it's soccer or basketball or dance or whatever that thing is that your kid excels at when they reach a certain level, it does become a little uncomfortable to talk to people who are not familiar with what that world is like. Yeah. And, I, and, and for me to with, uh, uh, Jody and Blake in particular, <clears throat> excuse me, is really their focus on, uh, their process and just being supportive first. Um, and it's it's just a good reminder for anybody with kids that do anything. It doesn't matter, you know, find their passion and support the passion. Uh, so I wanted to touch on that. If you get a chance, go back, take a listen to it. Uh, really great episode. Um, uh, breaking down how to, how to keep it together. Right. Um, so current soccer news, a few things, um, you know, we, we mentioned last time the announcement of the Bear game uh, against City, which our city team, which is really City 2, until the full team is announced and drafted and signed, etc. It looks like uh, the, in typical St. Louis style, if you go on social media and you follow what's going on with the game, um, we talked about this the other day again. Um, it seems as if people are not happy with the simple fact that we have a, you know, $400 million stadium, a huge investment in the team, all of this moving forward. They want to talk about ticket fees. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, is, is it just kind of like we're not one game in and it seems like we've got this, you know, usual what, what, what can we knock down before we cheer what we have kind of thing going on? You know, what's your take right now, the vibe, looking at this game here in about two weeks? I think I'm, I'm more excited about this game than any of the other international friendlies that we've hosted in St. Louis, whether at Bush or at uh, the Dome. I, I'm just excited about having a real live Bundesliga team play elements of what is going to be our team. Yeah. And that's super exciting. And as a season ticket holder, I didn't have expectations that I was going to receive free gratis tickets to right. a non-MLS scheduled match. But I can understand where some of the frustration comes in and that, you know, we have been spoiled here uh, with with the new team coming in and the idea around City 2 and their their, their rise to the, to the cup. And so I can understand it, but I, I think we've got to temper that a little bit and yeah. be excited about what it is. And this is a business still. And there are things that are guaranteed with our tickets and are not guaranteed with our tickets and yeah. and yeah, and at the end of the day, I, I, I chimed in on one uh, commenter. We were kind of uh, commenting positively against the negativity in the same way. And I believe my comment, I'm paraphrasing myself, was like, look, uh, the ownership group puts a price tag on the tickets at a level in which they compete. The public complains. The ownership 
acquiesces to the public, lowers the price, and then we have a product that doesn't compete. Correct. So then they go back to higher ticket prices, we compete, and that's how this works. And that's kind of how I see this whole process. I, I think that nobody really has a realistic expectation of what's fair value, um, <laughs> except for the fact that it's sold out. So clearly, it wasn't too expensive. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is that I noticed is early on when, when it was announced that there were going to be costs associated with this. There was a lot of negativity, but very quickly after that, I think more rational heads prevailed and got people to realize, Hey guys, this is still something really cool. We've got to set expectations at a level that makes sense. They're not giving away stuff for free. Right. Right. But on a different note, well, MLS related, the MLS cup 2022 is set. Correct. So yesterday, Austin FC, in their second season, made it to the Western Conference Finals where they ran into LAFC and are no longer <laughs> running for the Cup. But it was yeah. a great, great match. And then uh, followed up by Philadelphia Union at home against New York FC and uh, went down 1-0 and came back in a phenomenal fashion if you got to watch the, the match. A lot wow. of great goals and just good competition. So I'm excited for the uh, MLS Cl- Cup next week and uh just uh what excites me jb is the fact that austin in their second year in the league made it to the western conference right. finals right and that gives me hope that not only we're going to have great soccer to watch but the chance that postseason is in the mix early on with the style of play that we have with the, the leadership we have with the club it's exciting yeah and last uh last soccer note before we uh get ready to roll in our superstar today uh the u.s men's national team watch list uh tweets were all popping right. around today uh and a certain amount of pride within the city sc academy community uh, one name that we've seen on the list uh, consistently the last uh, year, two years roughly, Caden Glover, uh, 07 age group playing with the U-17s. He is uh, in the mix, has been for a while. And the other name, go ahead. Jason Delkus, you know, a, a guy Jackson. that... Jackson. Jackson. Sorry, Jackson. Yeah. Jackson Delkus, <laughs> uh, you know, just is a phenomenal player to watch. Very dynamic, very passionate. And so him and Caden as being prospects is, is makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So if you get a chance, give those guys a follow. Well, Jackson is on uh, Twitter. Just put in Jackson Delkis. You'll find him city SC Academy. Uh, Caden, a little quieter. He's focused. He's a, he's a big guy, but remember that name. You're going to be hearing it for a long, long time. Yep. Two more names here in the St. Louis uh, uh, pool of talent that are rising to the top. So check that out. Um, you got any other current uh, things that we want to touch on? Because it was kind of a no, man. Uh, that's a that's, little bit of a quiet weekend. It was, but I think you know the one other. Oh yeah, I do because the Portland Thorns won the UWSL championship on Saturday over the KC Current. Okay, and that's the the women's championship, and uh, very exciting. A lot of buzz on Twitter for both of those teams. And that league is really growing in popularity as well. And so I think that might be another topic at someday. Okay. Well, we'll definitely be reaching out to see if we can uh, keep some parity in, in the conversations. Um, so thank you again. Uh, remember your homework. Uh, hit the pause button. Click follow. Give us those five stars. Uh, we'll take any stars at this point. Just <laughs> <laughs> share the love. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll out with a little bit of uh, old school Tupelo. 
uh, before our guest. Check it out. Thank you. All right, we're back. Welcome back. Yeah, a little more uh, throwback, and this is going to make sense in a second here. Uh, again, another cut from uh, East Side Lovers, uh, Uncle Tupelo, a.k.a. Wilco Sunvolt after the divorce. Um, <laughs> pre-divorce, I should say. <laughs> pre-divorce. Uh, but we do this thing on the show, and we're about to roll in our guest here, um, where... Uh, really, it c- kicked off uh, in the pilot where we talked about, you know, because music is such an important part of my life and most guests' life, uh, but uniquely important to this guest. And in the fir- in the pilot, we instigated uh, the walk up, right, That's baseball true. style, where we, you know, we th- guests initially had the privilege of actually suggesting their walk up, and we thought that's too boring. It's better <laughs> for us to guess what we think the walk-up should be. So, here we go. Without further ado, I'm going to play what I think this guest would love is his walk-up. And we're going to skip right here, thanks to Q. And he's fist-pumping. Seems to be doing all right, yeah. Yeah. There we go. So, for those of you that are about to find out and might not know, our guest is a local rock and roll uh legend connoisseur as well uh and has an extremely special side project current project right yeah still still knocking it out today we have the mr steve ewing what is up guys how you doing steve good really good thanks for joining us yeah Uh, um and why don't you give everybody taking a listen real quick why'd we play that song because I have a Stevie Wonder tribute called Master Blaster. And that's the Master Blaster right there. That is the Master Blaster. Right <laughs> yeah, we have a Stevie Wonder tribute called Master Blaster. Big old 12-piece band, singers, horns, the whole thing. So we do like Stevie from the 60s all the way to like, you know, 90s. So Right. That's awesome. And that's coming out. Uh, we have, we're, we're doing the Ballpark Village December yep. 2nd. December yep. 2nd. So there you go. There's a quick pitch. Go buy tickets. Go see them. Yeah, right? that, that's assuming. a free concert. They're doing a whole oh. series down there. So that's a free concert. Oh, there you concert. go. Well, go down. Check yeah. it out. Steve. Uh, Steve is um, slightly better known for his role in uh, the band The Urge. Yeah. Um, you know, and came in a little while ago, kind of doing a little uh, pregame chat with you. And, you know, and, uh, I... I indicated that we were fairly close in age uh which means older (laughs) uh i remember those days when you guys kind of hit the scene and just exploded out of uh the radio box at the time the point obviously being you know the slingshot and you were the pebble yeah um great great time awesome band um but as i mentioned in our uh pre-chat um we're not, we're not, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. Yes. But we're way more interested in the nuance of just being a dad, a yes. soccer dad in particular. Yes. <laughs> and in true, like, we are so anti probably the typical questions you've been asked. We are not in Steve's hot dogs. 
were next door in the basement <laughs> of the new Mexican restaurant. That's right. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's a little quiet down here. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we're rocking over the shop. So, so we're, we're totally pulling away from your day in, day out, right? It's all good. Um, well, thanks for joining us, Steve. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, we've, we've been going through a, a, a list of locals that uh, we've been able to reach out to. Um, and I thought of you out of the gate. Um, primarily because I, I've seen you so often in and around uh, soccer games over the past few years uh, as a fan, as a uh, singer, you know, uh, national anthem, etc. Yep. Uh, but more recently, I've seen you out watching uh, your daughter in practices, and I'm like, well, this just makes sense, you know. Yep. So, um, again, thanks for coming on. Um, just kind of give everybody, a, you know, maybe a little bit of a bio as it pertains to, you know, our podcast format. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of soccer dad are you? Uh, and who, who, who are the members in your life that make you a soccer dad? <laughs> um, my, daughter's, my daughter's name is Madeline, and she's 15. And so, yeah, she's been playing soccer since she was, you know, seven. And so uh, my wife and I, that's, that's been our life outside of me playing music is taking Madeline to soccer practice and soccer games yeah. and and getting her that training and you know getting her on the right teams you know how it goes you know so oh yeah all uh, that I don't, um, I don't, how's that go I like <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna you, say you guys yeah. do all of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so so she's 15 she's playing now uh, I yeah. think when we cross paths looks like she's uh, practicing with her high school team uh, yep. out at soccer park yep uh, so, so where's she going. She's at Nearing's Hall at uh, Nearing's Hall now. So. Okay, cool. And then club? Did she uh, played club? Uh, yep. So she played club for IX uh, for a very long time, and now she's with Midwest um, Development Academy. Okay. So uh, that used to be, um, gosh, I'm spacing real quick. Uh, that used to be Sporting. Okay. So this just this year they changed the name, whatever. Correct. But it used to be Sporting. So she was. She's been with them for three seasons now. So okay, yeah. you can thank City for that name change. Correct. Yep. <laughs> yep. So so let's back up a little bit then. Um, how how old was she when she really got into it? And you know, you, you guys, uh, how long have you been on the sidelines? And leading up to that, were you a soccer fan prior? So the the strange thing is, I was not a soccer fan before Madeline was playing. So when she started playing, I started really getting into the game because, you know, I'm the assistant coach on the team like when she's little. <laughs> and, um, and I'm learning the game at the same time and just really starting to get into the nuts and bolts of, of the game, of soccer. Yeah. And uh, so coming up now, I, I still feel like I don't really know the game like that well because I, I never played it. You know, I didn't play soccer in high school. But um, watching Madeline come up and play, it's been uh, my learning thing. So do, as the assistant coach who never played and was never in the game, was kicking and screaming part of your early um, <laughs> yes. must-watch? Like, yes, <laughs> no doubt, yes. No, well, so so let's, let's peel that onion a little bit further back. Um, if soccer wasn't your game, A, what was your game? And B, when did you realize that because you didn't know anything about soccer, you decided you wanted to be the assistant coach? Well, okay, so soccer was not my game. Um, I went to school in Webster Groves, and this was the late 80s, so it was just starting to become a thing um, outside of, you know, the steamers, indoor soccer. Right. It was becoming a thing, you know, and uh, so for me it was football and baseball. 
played football and baseball since I was seven, and then through high school, and then through American Legion, you know. So uh, yeah, so it was baseball was my thing. So you were a statesman. I was a statesman. Yeah. 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 We. I'm, I live in Webster. Zach wishes he lives. In, That's he, true. He, he lives like <laughs> vicariously through all my family and friends in Webster. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah. Because your actual address is like uh, Ellisville. Yeah. It's pretty close to the Ozarks, right? Yeah, it's basically Columbia. (laughs) The people that live anywhere east of 270. We used to think that back in the day. It's like, (laughs) wow, we're going all the way out to Ellisville today. Yeah. 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 Do do we need passports? (laughs) Is there a toll? (laughs) No, I mean, it's funny because uh, you know Matt Stelzer, right, over at Amsterdam. You know, when we were first close, uh, he would always joke because he's a true city guy. Like, they grew up on Southwest, just a couple blocks north of here. Um, The county to him... Or far west was Skinker. Oh wow! <laughs> like they, he didn't go west as Skinker. <laughs> I can totally see that because like this is your little area. Yeah, you just don't travel. There's no reason for you to travel outside of it. So yeah. No, so he's there, and it's funny to be living in Webster. Like t- two seventy is like yeah. I mean, we're over there a lot, obviously with Stock Park and and Creve Coeur and things like that, but. I don't yeah. spend a lot of disposable income other than my kids on that side of the Correct. river. And it's, it's, it goes the same way for those that live west of 270. Oh, yes. They don't spend a lot of time or Correct. money on this side of 270 either. No, no. They, you know, they don't appreciate fine cuisine, <laughs> no. art, culture. No, none of those things. <laughs> They're known as geographically challenged. <laughs> yeah. They, they are <laughs> two weeks. Wait, 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 what's, that, what's that line in now, brother? Uh, you're a geographic odyssey. You're two weeks from everywhere. <laughs> right? Yeah. They're, <laughs> same with their culture collection. Um, so, so, you know... Th- you got into the game. Uh, how old was she when you when you first started? Uh, Madeline was actually she was younger than seven. She was like probably five, and she was playing with okay. YMCA and. So yeah. so you're 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 roughly ten years into being around the soccer fields and other yeah. soccer parents and whole thing. Uh, over that time frame, did you start to get into uh, TV games? You know, the like the EPL, any any advance, or was there interest in the sport beyond your daughter? Um, not till later on, till you know, because when they're long, young, all they're doing is just like a mob chasing the ball around. Right, right. So um, as as the game starts to get more intense, yeah, you know, for my daughter, then I'm starting to like look at you know college, you know, college sports, and starting to watch a little um, major league soccer, right? Because um, that's really accessible, and it's just kind of just picking that apart, just so I can have something to you know help out, yeah, in some you know some ways training. So. And I'm, I'm an athlete, so I'm always and I'm training a lot myself, whatever. So I'm trying to connect those little dots too. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's taken me some time to actually really get into the sport professionally. Put it that way. Okay. So that brings me to, and we were talking about this yes. earlier. Uh, one thing that I wanted to make sure that we touched on was your segue and your integration into city. Mm-hmm. Um, cause obviously now, uh, you know, it, it's no secret. Everybody knows we got a pro team, MLS team, yep. uh, and this ownership group, this development group, this entertainment group within the team has made a huge conscientious effort mm-hmm. to integrate local. Correct. So let's go there. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you know, we, we get it, we get awarded the team. Uh, we know the stadium's going there. They make it clear. You're not going to see Applebee's kiosks. Right. Um, how did you get involved? And tell us about that process. They, yeah, out of the box, they knew they wanted to have this big old giant food experience. 
as as they say, we, we want to be like the Lollapalooza of Major League Soccer. So, because um, we don't, we haven't, we haven't had a big pro team here. So they want people to go in there and experience that, even if they don't like soccer. They want you to go in the stadium and experience all the cool food and all the entertainment we got here. Right. So they got Gerard Kraft to put this whole thing together. And the easiest way for him to do it, just put it, put it out on the Internet. Like, who do you guys want in the stadium? And so, I mean, they, they got like 10,000 responses, and the overwhelming response was Steve's Hot Dogs Yeah. to go in the stadium. So they kept kind of teasing it, though. They kept coming in the shop and hanging out. Right, like, right. why is... <laughs> Why is uh, this team in here all the time hanging out? They must be like checking us out, whatever. So fi- finally, they were like, "Can we have a meeting?" And we we're like, "I think we're in. I think we're in." So me and my partners went in there and like, "Yeah, we want Steve's hot dogs in here. We've been getting a great response on you guys." And um, Matt Seebeck was like, "I think he's our cheerleader on this, you know." So he, yeah, well, he is a Webster guy. He's a Webster dude. Yep. So, so you, he, you had his hooks. You had your hooks in early. So I'm <laughs> right. sure he was an urge fan at the same time I, I and think alma so, mater. Yep. yep. So you were cheating, is what you were doing. Uh, <laughs> I was working on it. Yeah. So um, it, yeah. So so let's when 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 you got the call and they announced and you started looking at that partnership. Uh, and the other uh, food groups um, speak speak to what that means and how um, St. Louis seems to always buck the trend compared to other cities, specifically within the city. Um, right. In so much that you, you've been to pro stadiums, uh, you know, across the country for other sports, anyway, yep. and the kiosks in other cities are always your usual suspects. That's correct. How, how does it make you feel to see this new stadium, this amazing stadium? Featuring your baby, this this the Steve's Hot Dogs brand and the product, next to Beast Butcher and uh, the, the the rest of the locals. This is this is pretty incredible for a lot of reasons. One, like a, the typical um, local partnership with with stadiums and stuff is you buy in, and um, you kind of do it their way. Right. So in th- this, they didn't want that at all. We're gonna make the restaurant to your specs. We want you to do exactly what you do in your restaurant because that's the experience we want to give the customers. So, um, and they're kind of showing us off. They want to show off the city. Yeah. And we have all these neighborhoods. Like, you know, in the city, there's like a million little neighborhoods, and each one of them has their own little thing. Right. So they want to represent that way. So, yeah, we're we're extremely proud to be on that list. Like, oh, you want us to represent the city. So that's that's pretty yeah. amazing. So Did you ask for control of the PA so your uh, employees can control <laughs> the music? So we can have our button, finger on the button? Yeah. You know? That would be that would be my next question. How dope would that be, though? That would like, be way dope. You know, halftime? Yes. Be 90s alternative? Let us play it, yeah. <laughs> so they, they have it. They have this whole place set up, not just for food, but for entertainment, there's all kinds of little side areas, stages. I mean, it's, it's set up to be like literally a festival at the games. That's awesome. Yeah. You had a question? Well, I was going to ask, kind of going back a little bit on with your daughter's journey mm-hmm. in soccer. She's trying to play at Narinx or she is playing at Narinx. Yeah. Maybe at the college level. Right. Doing a little background on you, knowing that you, you came on with the urge around 87. Yep. First commercial record with a label, 95. 95, yep. So eight years, you guys are cranking out your own stuff, going out, 
doing all your own bookings, all your own writing, all that. Yep. Talk about the discipline of that, mm-hmm. how you can relate that back to soccer, even tangentially, but also your fitness. I'm, I, the listener can't hear me, but I'm just being envious of, <laughs> of your shoulders. So can you, can you tie those two things together a little bit? Um, yeah. and, and just that mental prep and the discipline yep. and however that manifests for you. Um, I always try, and we've, I think I've gotten this into her head, my daughter's head, pretty good because she's seen it. But I've always like, you know, you can always take it yourself to the next level by simply training. Training on your own, like put that work into it. And then it just adds up. It just adds up, adds up. And then all of a sudden you see on the field, you're like, you're a little bit ahead, you know, faster than the next guy, whatever. Yeah. Just simply because you put in that work, that training, whatever. And then it was maybe like four years ago where we really got into some strength and some conditioning. Um, Cause you know, in our minds, we were getting her ready for nearings, which is extremely competitive uh, high school team. Correct. And I'm like, man, you got to be in shape. And I'm going to show you how to do it. Here's some basics, and we can do this. And she came out on the field. At- <laughs> Did she say, whatever, Dad? You know, what do you know? And then you flexed. <laughs> and she was like, <laughs> 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 okay. uh, initially was, yeah, like, whatever, Dad. It, <laughs> Let, me, yeah. Let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> and she came out on the field that slice of season and was fast. And yeah. her conditioning was there. And she's like, oh, I'm like, yeah. So if you put in the work, just little by little by little. That gives you that little edge, and if you're talented, that gives you more of an edge. So, um. so, so, how does that compare though when you do? Because um, you've lived a charmed life. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. You, you were, you are the rock star. You've been on that stage thousands, right? But when you see your daughter, you know, flip that switch and does something special on the field, and mm-hmm. you know, the explosion into a play or goal or whatever, does that ever compare? to walking out and grabbing the mic and staring people in the face? To me, it's just the same. Like when I see her go out there and score a goal or like like you said, bust into a play, I'm like, I get just as excited about that. So I I would a lot of times rather sit on the side and watch her play. (laughs) Um, The games are super exciting. She's at that point now where in high school and with club where the games are really – they're explosive they're physical yeah i mean the girls are starting to get really good you know so well you know the thing is about uh that age group the difference between uh girls and boys soccer in my opinion and i think you'll probably agree zach they are mean little fuckers oh yeah they, like <laughs> oh, yeah. like 13 14 15 year old boys they tend to grow faster they're a little bigger a little faster a little stronger but that age group girl going yeah. into 16 17 I mean, it's it's like carnage. It is. Well, I'll give you an example. My one of my best friends, his niece plays for Ole Miss. Okay. And they had a game against LSU. They went into second overtime. In the second overtime, there were three red cards because of <laughs> wow. physical punching. I mean, you got to be got to be pretty bad for three red cards. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, yeah. But, but it's like the anatomy of the whole thing. Like, they don't realize running full speed, knees, elbows, arms, everything hurts when you hit another body. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't click for... Fe- and they're supposed to be the smart ones, right? We are the <laughs> ones that, <laughs> you know, everybody's like, Darwinism at its finest or worst <laughs> is in the man's image, right? Right. <laughs> like, 
So it's like, do you ever watch the game and like you see the aggressiveness? Do you ever yep. like start to, does your adrenaline start to pop? It does. And now I can't yell anymore. I used to yell now, but, but now I can't. Yeah. <laughs> no. They don't let you yell anymore. Um, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't be one of those dads, Steve. <laughs> you know, we've talked about we that. We talked about, we, yeah, that's, that's a topic uh, that we've, we've covered a couple times, just the decorum on yeah. the uh, field from, from parents and, and how we have to train ourselves. Oh, yeah. And lower that temperature. And, and, and JB and I just came back from a trip in Chicago where I had to be toned down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah. we, we, we were all giving him the eye like, you're that guy. It's like, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Coming down. It's almost better if you yell at every other kid on the field, but you can't be that guy and yell at your own child. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to yell at my son? Fine, whatever. That's that's cool. But, that's uh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on the sideline, I... I, 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 I this issue or I joked a little bit with you earlier because you know within the St. Louis metropolitan area there are tons of people that have children on those fields that these individuals are public figures you clearly are a public figure uh, do you have any stories of anybody just really ruining your day when you just want to watch the game that they're like so what's it what's it like at you know Riverport or you know it uh it did you I ever never cocaine with Ozzy you know <laughs> you know it never ruins my day you you, you kind of know when you walk out on the field when um, someone gives you like that weird kind of they freeze or something right and then you just I just I immediately just kind of go and just try to loosen things up because eventually we're gonna start talking about stuff anyway so <laughs> do you um, ever just say man if your daughter would work out she'd be good <laughs> I do not say that now, now that would be good though I mean I, I don't say that <laughs> even if watch and even if she's the superstar just like, hell of a nice if she was a little bit faster <laughs> damn. <laughs> that my would, wife, would be, my wife would be the one that might say something like that. <laughs> so, so okay, so your wife uh, within the uh, soccer realm of uh, soccer parent yeah. is she a type A, type B, quiet? Is she in the middle? Is her tumbler loaded with water she, or vodka? She's she's definitely her tumbler's got water in it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's, that's a valid question. <laughs> <laughs> but she, yeah, she's she's kind of in the middle. She can't she can't not coach. From the from the stands, whatever, where I can kind of just lay back from the coaching side of it. She still coaches from the side, so um, she she might be a little bit more aggressive than I am actually <laughs> on the side. So has uh, has your daughter ever like just taken a run? You know, just cleaned. Did have you ever had that moment where you're like, I'm gonna go kill that girl? My kid? Yeah. Um, because we've all, I've been there. Oh, I, I've never been there. Oh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm mostly just want to just be. I'm I'm yelling more in my head like, let's step it up, let's step it up. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Why are you? And then I'm thinking of all kinds of things like you should have went to bed last night. You didn't drink enough water. I'm like, oh, so that's yeah. the I'm that I'm that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, re the reverse checklist of all the things you wish you would have said yes. or you think that would have yes. had an impact. Yeah. Yes. yeah, we do that. Yeah, if you do happen to, and I don't expect you to, because uh, you know we are dorks but if you do go back and listen to the earlier episodes you'll hear our friend jared his method of dealing with it is he goes way off into the corner by himself i've you, seen that you know and he's that guy yeah you know and and i and i and i float in and out of that guy status um yeah, i think a lot that. of times too it depends on who they're playing you know how how intense yeah. it is or how important the game is yep um the the, the tougher the competition usually the more i disappear 
Well, uh, that, that leads me to another question, which is your prep. You talked about the training yeah. and the off-the-field workouts and, and extra touches and all that stuff. Yeah. Bringing that back to your career, uh-huh. you had big shows. Yeah, oh, yeah. And you had not-so-big shows. Yep. Did you prep the same for each one, or did you kind of have levers you would kind of dial up and dial down depending it's insane, on... Because okay. it doesn't matter the size of the audience. We're... We're putting on the same show. Right. So um, I typically would, before a tour started, if we were actually writing the record, I'd go into like a strength mode. And then about six weeks before we hit the road, I'd go into conditioning mode. So by the time we hit the road, I was in shape and I could jump around for two hours. Um, So yeah, so it was like, it was like training for football or you know, basketball or soccer or anything else. You know. The reason I bring that up is because I've noticed with our boys, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this with your daughter, but depending on the opponent, uh-huh. that prep and that energy level can fluctuate. Yeah. So how did you gear up for that level of intensity for each one of those shows, knowing that this one might have 50? I know they're, right. ex- they're expecting the same show. Right. This one's got 500, 5,000, whatever the case might be. How did you mentally get there so mentally mentally um let's go let's do the show right depending on you know the crowd size sometimes the bigger crowds or or if say like we're on tour when you know we're we're cruising along and then we get this opener who's like out for blood <laughs> and that's how touring is too like you know yeah. the opener's like we're out for blood so then oh yeah then it's then it's adrenaline then like your brain kind of turns into this beast mode kind of thing. Right. Then it's adrenaline. So, okay. So quick question, follow up part B to that answer. Uh, who in your history, when you guys were out on the road as the headliner, mm-hmm. what opener kicked your ass? Like there had to been a show where you're like, who the, there's been a couple <laughs> bands that come close. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't say so, <laughs> Like who are you? Who when you saw them the first time, assuming you did not know of them or right. barely knew them, who blew you away back in the day? We um, we were touring with Three Eleven early on, so we would flip flop. Yeah. So depending on the market, so the urge would headline in one market, Three Eleven in another market. So it w- it became real head to head, like, and we were super cool with each other, but it we kept upping it, trying to you know trying to outdo each other, and then. There was another tour where the urge was headlining and flip-flopping with Fishbone. Oh, wow. Who's yeah. another band that's like, they're a huge influence of mine. But if we're sharing the bill. Yeah. You're my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, so that tour ratcheted up to an incredible did, intensity. Did, did your bandmates, uh, you know, from the preparation standpoint, were they right there with you, or were they like, "I'm gonna stand here, play my instrument, you jump around"? <laughs> you know, I think, um, I think because I'm in the middle and I'm doing a lot of work, whatever. I I go ahead and do that prep. I think the other guys are just as the tour gets going, everybody just starts to get in shape. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I like to be ready to go when the tour starts. You know, and that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, and you know, we we all go out and get sick the first week because. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're sitting in a bus together for you know a week and we get sick and then we come back out and we're ready to go. But um, just petri dishes, right? That's what the it bands. is. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, last 
question on the soccer side. Um, you because I, I know the STLFC days back in the day. Uh, you sang the national anthem a few mm-hmm. times there, etc. Uh, tell me, there's got to be a conversation. You don't need to give it away, but can I assume that you might be on the uh, 225 uh, seat stadium mic one day soon? I I, uh, I imagine yes. Uh, I imagine yes. All right, Seabeck, you will listen to this. Uh, <laughs> I'll call you out. Three it's us Webster guys, we got to stick together, right? Those so, FC games were so much fun. You know, there was there was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I went to a lot of those games, and I think the people, most people there, were true soccer fans yeah because you had to not seek it out it was pretty easy to find but you know the casual fan wasn't going there. you weren't gonna go out yeah but when people see the highlights video vibe of this place yep uh we're talking yep a 20 30 40 x effect it's insane just watching yesterday lafc and austin was in it in la yeah Yeah. first game it looked and felt like an English Premier League game with the mm-hmm. hype and the, the noise and just yeah. the vibe. And then those take two it over. teams oh together. Yeah. yeah. So I was, uh, I was out in LA. I was, I was living there when they, um, when Beckham came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was like a massive hype for that team. Uh, so yeah. And yeah, it, that, I remember those days, you know, when he came over to the galaxy and, you know, it was the early days of the league where you were, you were seeing some of these, uh, not not washed up, but older superstars running yeah. in. It just changed the whole vibe of the league, and I think the league has continued to accelerate from there. Yep. Uh, and now we're at the point where we are developing those players, right? Uh, which is, you know, it's taken long enough, but it's time. I mean, 325 yeah. million people. We should be able to figure this out. Yeah. You know. So, um, quick prediction on the World Cup: Do we advance out of our group? Oh man! Don't make me answer that question. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we're sending this to U.S. Men's Soccer, so they're going to listen because we're going to get them on after they. Exit. Yeah, Taylor Twelman called and said he was excited to hear yeah, Taylor's like, oh, yeah. prediction on this. Yeah, he's ready to jump around and stuff. Then I'm going to predict yes. That's what I'm going to predict. <laughs> that's, Love that's, it. A, yes. that's a safe one. Yes. All right. Well, I tell you what, we're going to we're going to take a quick uh, break, a little halftime here. Uh, we'll be right back, Steve. Thank you. We're going to come back and talk a little more pop culture on you, all right? Word, word. All right, thanks, man. And we're back with the Mr. Steve Ewing. What's up? Got, uh, if you missed the first half, which most people do, <laughs> They usually get into the intro and they're like, these guys are dorks. <laughs> our, uh, our numbers seem to fizzle off. They, actually, they don't. They've, they've actually been doing really well lately. So not to sell you on this because you kindly agreed to do it, but the numbers are good. I mean, we're like huge in the States as well as Melbourne. And nice. Belgium. Yeah, Mel- not Belgium. They've it's shit the bed. Off. I don't know. They, oh, they we made, must have made like a De Bruyne joke or something, and, <laughs> and they're out. They're like, screw that. <laughs> These yanks. We done. <laughs> they're out. So, um, yeah, so it, it, we're back with Steve. Um, 
Had a great conversation uh, talking a lot about soccer, talking about uh, Steve's Hot Dog's role in the new stadium rolling up here. Uh, you know, we've obviously alluded to a lot of other things. Uh, you know, the second half here, what I'd really like to do is um, dig into a little bit more of the fun stuff, not the soccer and hot dogs isn't fun, uh, or our children. I mean, our children are a little boring at times, though. But <laughs> boring is not the word I'd use. Uh, yeah, well, that's true. They, they just, Definitely you know, not boring. No, they just take <laughs> they take up the wrong bandwidth every now and then. Oh, you know? that's a that's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's 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 go full circle here because uh, the one thing, um, obviously, you know, your years with the urge and everything that you guys have accomplished. I was really th- I was thinking about you guys uh, in a little bit of prep of this because I saw the post uh, where you played the uh, the book release. For uh, the Mississippi Knights. Oh yeah. Uh, was it an? an is it a, a tell-all? Is it a picture book? Because I, I, I'm not a familiar with it. But okay. Yeah, the the book is. Um, I'd say it's mostly pictures. Okay. And you know, so it's ticket stubs. You know, pictures from shows. I think he did a really good job with it because people be like, "Oh, I saw the urge at Mississippi Knights so many times," but the younger people only hear about that. And they don't understand the importance of that venue. So right. what Garrett's book does is show them pictures of it. You know, like this is all the stuff that happened. Pretty much every band that were co- coming up right. played there, you know. so um, Yeah, but, because, I, I, you know, we, we are roughly the same age. We, you know, uh, both probably spent a lot. Of, you, I'm sure you spent countless evenings in, in Mississippi Nights. Oh, yeah. Um, I still have a, a box, t- ticket stub box. Sweet. Uh, I've got uh, from Mississippi Nights, uh, Nirvana, uh, Matthew Sweet, uh, you know, just on and on and on. Yep, uh, everybody uh, played there. On their way up, coming through St. Louis, that's, that, was, that, that was a destination, actually. Yeah, it was great. Three, what was it, 300, 350 cap? Um, it held, actually held about 1,000. Oh, really? Yeah, it held about 1,000. Uh, originally, I think it was about 400 people in there. Yeah, okay. And then somewhere around 88 or 86, 87, something like that. Yeah. They expanded. Yeah. So what we knew as Mississippi Nights was an expansion, actually. Originally, it was pretty small. What was your What was your favorite memory from Mississippi Nights, either on stage or as a fan? Or maybe give me both. Oh, okay, cool. Because uh, as a fan, the first time I went down there, I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers with Fishbone. Jesus. Wow. So it was yeah. it was the most intense thing I'd ever seen. What was that? And ten, it was a ten dollar ticket, something, something, something like that. Crazy. Yeah, and I was a huge fan of both bands. And it wasn't when the bands were playing because the dressing rooms were tiny. Yeah. The bands would come out and be around the people all the time. So you like Anthony Kiedis was be like right there. Yeah. And so that was just crazy, you know. So that that show, that was another one where I both bands were basically trying to outdo each other. So I mean, there was literally blood on the stage that night. It was That's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, roughly what year was that? Probably 87. Okay. 87 or 88. I can probably look it up. That's crazy. But um, yeah, they were, that was, that was just, I was still in high school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Did you ever make your way down there? No. As I mentioned before, I grew up west of 270. So, <laughs> well, you were, I think you were west well, of I was two even, other rivers. I was, yeah, I was, grew up in Washington, Missouri. And, oh, uh, yeah, so that had been a rough. So that's a, that's a long haul. And yeah. I'm a little younger. So, 
don't, by the time don't I was, look it. By the time, <laughs> no, that's true. Absolutely true. <laughs> by the yeah. time I was old enough to, to get into Mississippi Nights, uh, I was in college away from St. Louis and, yeah. and, and missed yeah. a lot of that. But uh, I, get a lot of a lot of, uh, I get a lot of people come up to me now and say, yeah, we snuck in. My parents wouldn't, didn't know we were going. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. You know, my parents did, we just we went. My parents didn't know where we were going because it was downtown on the landing, which was kind of dangerous even back oh then. Oh my god, I I remember you, you remember it was in the early '90s when they were running uh, the five dollar surprise shows, the pop up shows. Yeah, yeah. So we got a phone call one time. You remember Matt Chandler? I do. All right, so Matt was working, and uh, roommate got the call. We went down. This was the sum. This was the summer before I went away to college. And it was the summer of the flood, 93, right? Uh-huh. So two things went through my mind. Number one, <laughs> like the river's literally at their back It's door. right there, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> what is going on? And then number two, I'm like, you know, can we stay here and drink beer? You know, we're about to go to college. I didn't want to go do the thing. And we, went, and we acquiesced, went down, we got in. They closed the door behind us. And they had the door. You know how they had the, the access doors on the back, the load-in doors right yep. at the back of the stage? Those were all open because I guess the AC was out. Always had those open because it was the worst ventilation in that yes. place. And I remember standing there because we were shoved up to the front. We were little guys. Uh-huh. Shoved up to the front and the and the river was literally, I'm not joking, three foot behind yeah. the back door. Yeah. And I'm like, man, we are going to wash away here. And like, <laughs> and, we, and at the time, we didn't know who the band was yet. They, right. well, it wasn't announced. And standing there, and all of a sudden, out comes the band. Uh, bass player, drummer start off, and it's Tones of Home. It's Blind Melon. Wow. Whoa. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I wanted to stay home. You know, and, yep. and I remember, and Mississippi Nights had that kind of, it had that thing where shows like that were not uncommon. It's, you know, all the time. So in, in this book... You got to get the book because the thing to do was look at the strip, at the Mississippi Night Strip in the Riverfront Times oh, yeah, to yeah. see who was playing. Yeah, right next to Kennedy's. <laughs> and so I'm, uh, I'm looking at it yesterday. Here's the Urge. There's like all these huge bands. Yeah. On the same strip that month playing playing the venue. So I'm like, wow, it was like that. Did Did you pull it out? Show your daughter and like, I told you I was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she hears about it. Yeah, but it just it's it's starting to click. Uh, yeah. So you know, and she'll go see like you know when we play Riverport or we'll play you know the pageant or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it it clicks because everybody around her is like going crazy, or whatever. But she's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. I like T Swift, you know. So she likes <laughs> other stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. So then you guys, uh, favorite show there uh, at Mississippi Nights. Uh, who were you playing with? We the urge early on we opened up for a Public Enemy, oh hell yeah at Mississippi Nights. So imagine Public Enemy, who's huge, plays Mississippi Nights. Yeah, and so and so our our manager was was Pat Agan who actually ran Mississippi Nights. He runs the pageant now, and he's like, you guys want to open for a Public Enemy? Like, yeah. <laughs> and so we, <laughs> it was it was awesome because they put. This hardcore rap group with basically a punk rock band. Right. And so the when we started, the whole place just exploded. It was insane. That's awesome. I, I can't even. If we had social media at that at that time, it would have would have been. It was crazy. Yeah. It was nuts. So let's uh, let's shift up a little bit. Uh, wanted to talk about. We talked on the break briefly. Uh, we wanted to make sure and 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 touch on some of your passion projects. Uh, uh, first things first, the urge. 
What's new with the urge? What can what can we expect out of you guys moving forward? Uh, what do you what do you got going on? So uh, coming out of the pandemic, we're starting to rehearse again, starting to practice, um, starting to get our writing chops back. So we have a bunch of un, unfinished material that we're trying to finish up basically by the end of this year, going into next year. So just try to have some new music by by next summer season. And uh, we got a few shows. We just did three eleven last weekend in yep. Chicago House Blues. So that was a nice, uh, nice reunion with those guys, and it was good to kind of get the juices flowing again. And we're back at the pageant uh, next month, uh, the twenty fifth. Twenty fifth, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's doing his homework. He's got it. He's got it. It's great. So he's been listening. He's been listening <laughs> awesome. to our podcast. I've been looking for a statistician, and Zach's like, "We don't need to pay a statistician. I got Google. I'll do yeah, the homework." That's right. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're gearing up for, you know, just getting busier and busier. Um, as our kids, our kids are starting to get older. Yeah. So we have a little bit more time to do stuff like right. this. So yeah. So well, let me ask you a question along those lines. Touring. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that even a possibility at this point with your hot dog empire and city and kids and? There do is. You think about it. it but it, it will mean something different. It won't be like okay, we'll go on the road for six to nine months. Sure. We, we might go out for a week. Yeah, or go out for four days. You know what I mean? Right. Hit hit like a few major markets, and then something re- leading up to that, and then come back. So there's no real reason for us to go out, you know, for months at a time. Just, cool. So, yeah. yeah. So in go addition ahead. to what the urges got coming up, you've got Stevie Wonder Project. Mm-hmm. You've got Steve's Hot Dogs. Talk about feed the people. Feed the people. That's what we started um, before the pandemic. But it became uh, a huge thing during the pandemic because we realized the whole neighborhood was going to be uh, having some food challenges, uh, especially in, in our neighborhood. A lot of kids were going to be out of school, and those kids, a lot of them received free lunches at schools. Right. The first thing that my wife's an educator, so the first thing that came to my mind was, how are all these kids going to get these, these daytime morning meals? Mm-hmm. And she's like, they're not. So... Um, so we made a ton of meals for that reason. And then um, we started to also realize that the first responders, all the nurses, everybody who's working 24-7, the police officers, they needed food. Um, a lot of restaurants had closed, so there wasn't a lot of places to get food. Right. Uh, the food pantries were super low. They were crazy low. So we kind of filled a little bit of that gap. Once we did this, the Feed the People thing, we started getting a little momentum. And then we started getting donations from people that were like, wanted to buy meals for other people. So, so speak. Okay, so speak to that real quickly. Uh, those of you that are listening, if they wanted to uh, uh, donate to be part of it, uh-huh. uh, where where do they find it? How do they find it? How do they help out? Just go to Steve's Hot Dogs STL and then you'll see a big old thing for feed the people, and you can go there and you can donate to a family, you can donate to uh, first responders. Um, we have a couple of funds, and that way we can say, okay, this month we have, you know, a 1,000 meals. Mm-hmm. And then we go out and give out meals. And so every week I'm doing I'm doing a few hundred meals every week, and it's mostly I'm, I'm going to food pantries or churches and things like that. Yeah, I saw you guys on uh, your friend Lux went live the other day. Yep. Uh, out there feeding the firemen. Yeah. So you just, I mean, is, is that a normal occurrence where you just kind of pound the pavement a little bit? or? Yep. So um, there's two houses real close to our shop. Yeah. And we see them guys all the time because we're on Grand. That's an emergency route. 
Right. And so they'll come in, pop in for food. Um, occasionally, they'll just come hang out, like if we're doing music or something. So we've always just sent out free meals to them anyway. Mm-hmm. But since it was like First Responders Day, then we just, we hit like seven firehouses, whatever, and just gave out food. So that's awesome, yeah. man. Good, for, good, good for you, man. Yeah. Because it's, uh, you know, most don't. I guess is the easiest way to put it. Yes. And honestly, it's it's you get a lot back from doing that. You I mean you get a lot from it. So going out, you talk to people, you kind of get to know what their you know what their stuff is, and especially like if you're feeding people who are in need. Yeah. Um, you get to know them. You get to know like what's what's going on out there. So it's you get a lot from it. Well, let let me let me kind of like pull on that a little bit further because you you kind of joked around earlier about. Um, the lack of social media early on, you know, the effect that it's had. And clearly now we all know the effect social media has on all of us at this point. Sure. Yeah. Uh, across demo age, etc. You know, you're, you're walking the walk. You, you, you've got clearly certain beliefs and you've got the energy and the effort uh, level to, uh, to make it happen. How does it make you feel now as a public figure uh, that does those things that you believe is right um, you know, and obviously being the rock and roller and the dad and all that. What do you think about today's environment as, you know, uh, politics and, 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 the, and the anger, angst, etc.? How do you navigate that now, being who you are? You're, you're, you're always on the front line. Right. And how do, you, how, how do you keep your nose clean out of it, honestly? There's another part of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, I think it could be easy to, like, go down some tubes and just fizzle and explode um for me it's it's about staying busy you know for so and i have a teenage daughter (laughs) so you know you got to kind of keep you know keep your thing together you know so yeah staying busy making sure we um we're on top of what she's doing and i we try to keep her kind of off this phone you know yeah a little bit um but yeah we i could easily go down this whole hole of, of the negativity thing but I, I like to be the positive person. I like to be the one that they, people talk about. Oh, there's something good happening over here. Yeah. Um, because you can always easily find, like, misery loves company. You can always find that. But it, ta- it does take a little more effort to be, okay, I'm not going to do, be the negative guy today. I'm going to show you what I got going on. That's good. And this takes a little effort, a little work. But um, people kind of... People can kind of come on to it. And it takes, takes time, takes work, but people will come on to it. Like, okay, you're doing some good stuff. How can we help out? Yeah. And then when you get them on board, and then they, they kind of spread that whole thing. So, what, what, What's that uh, uh, Haley Joel? Uh, oh, my God, what's that movie? Pay It Forward. Oh, Pay It Forward. Oh, yeah. Hey, right? Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, it's, yeah, there you it's go. one of those things. Yep. Yeah, on that, on that vein, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts, not on the political side of it, but... You have a platform here in mm-hmm. St. Louis. You're a well-known celebrity, icon, legend, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, soccer dad. Soccer dad. Soccer dad. Yeah, whatever <laughs> title you want. What are your thoughts on using that platform for things that you're interested in? And, and we, can, we can talk about Yay. We could talk about all these different people who sure. have taken that, positive or negative, depending on your, your viewpoint. But what yeah. are your thoughts on just celebrities and, and athletes using that platform for those things just your thoughts there well i think if you get to the point where you're that big and you have that much of a reach you have to consider 
that every everything you say is going to have some deep meaning to some people out mm-hmm. there. So I, I, you know, I think a lot of people when they get to that point, they know that, so they're going to use it however they want to use it. Um, I, I like I said, I, 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 I'm here to you know to play music. I sell music. I sell food and all that, whatever. But I, I'm I'm also here to push the whole positivity thing. Right. Uh, what I start to realize, you know, having a restaurant and a community place is that moms and dads will bring their kids in because they want to show them an example of, hey, this is this guy is doing some great things in the community. Like, and they want to introduce their kids, you know, so that feels awesome. That feels great. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not my desire to be like, you know, the the stereotypical rock star guy, you know, who's like gets in trouble. And no, but I, I'm going to blow a little smoke because JB has been kind of my conduit for St. Louis culture for the last couple of years, as right. I mentioned, where I grew yeah, up. because he grew up in Washington. Yeah, <laughs> nothing against Washington. Great place. Oh, uh, but Cracker Barrel <clears throat> rocks. There's no Cracker Barrel in Washington. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> Not yet. Um, but this idea of these individuals that really connect to the city, to the neighborhoods, yeah, kind of going truly full circle back to how city is taking that approach and not just to the food, but to the music, to the neighborhoods, to the culture, to even designs, the stadium. Yep. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Meaning take the food part out of it. Have you noticed their approach to, to that concept? And do you think that's because of, of restaurants like yours that have really kind of done well Focusing on the neighborhoods, focusing on the individual side of things. I think it's that, but I think it's bigger than that. I think um, they realize that St. Louisans are are connected to their little neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And a St. Louisan will, you do something new, they'll be like, eh, whatever. And you do it long enough, and they start to connect. Once you have them, they never let go. Loyal. They're super loyal. So they realize the loyalty of the, the people from the neighborhoods, the city to, they are to their restaurants, to their music, to all that stuff. So um, that's, I think they, they realize that. It's bigger than just a few restaurants and all that kind of stuff. It's anything that they uh, have grasped onto for a long enough time, they don't want to let it go. And that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, because I... I, I I personally lived in Chicago for a long time, and obviously you lived out in L.A. Did you live in any other cities or with St. Louis, L.A.? Um, yeah, just L.A. I was out there for a while. Yeah. Okay. So I think St. Louis is, is a little extreme in its homerism, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. And I think that in many cases, like what's happening at the stadium with you guys and, and this, and this uh, community engagement is a positive thing. Do you feel that as a whole, we take it too far, though? You mean like how we grasp onto our thing and it's just yeah, like, so like screw anything else? Yeah, two like out that. of three Riverfront, you know, Times articles. <laughs> basically, we 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 defecate on ourselves often. Yes, and they point that out. <laughs> yes, um, you know, does does that bother you at all? You know, having global lived experiences. No, it doesn't because people will do that in other cities. Yeah. But for instance, like, there's not enough community in LA where they would even do something like that, though. So in, in other cities, like, say, you know, like 
As big as Chicago is, it does still have a feel to it. Like, yeah, it's like all a neighborhood na- yep. feel to all it. All neighborhoods, yeah. Well, Los Angeles doesn't necessarily have that feel. At least I was there for seven years, and I never got that feeling from it. Um, so it's it, it can be annoying, but at the same time, it's just people people just are there. They got their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had one other thing that I wanted to ask about and talk about real quickly, and that is why. Why and how did you decide that you wanted to get into bodybuilding? <laughs> oh, man. Like, I look at the, I, I, I've seen the photos and I've seen others that do it. And I think yeah. that's a lot of fucking work. It is. Like, I don't, it is. Why? You know, so help us out there. My wife and I, before kids and everything, we were always training for some kind of race or for something. So both of, I, both of us have run marathons and tons of 10Ks and half marathons and stuff. So that, that was part of our thing. So we got out of that. Um, we both of us, you know, stay fit, you know, as much as we can. And some friends of mine at the gym, one of them's a firefighter. He's like, dude, you can bodybuild. And that's something I've been always been fascinated with, but didn't think I could do it. And he goes, no, dude, you just, you do it in your weight class and your age group and all that. And don't worry about it. It'll be fun. And so I did it. And uh, the, the training... The training was tough, but um, it's the just the discipline of eating the right food all the time for you know extended period of time. That got to be rough, especially towards the end. But when you finish it, it's yeah. like finishing a marathon. You know, it's like oh man, and you get hooked. So then you just keep doing it. You know, so 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 speaking to the food part of it, uh-huh. you sell hot dogs, dude. Yeah, like for a living. It's tough. <laughs> like, that have macaroni and cheese and bacon bits all over them. It's tough. Like, do you ever, like, walk in this place after a morning in the gym and you're like, screw it. I'm done. Give me a fork. The percentage is probably, like, really high right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I come in. There's fries. I mean, there's oh, mac yeah. and cheese, hamburgers, dogs. Yeah, so. Well, okay, so I'm assuming you don't eat it. Do, uh, do, you, do you eat hot dogs these days, ever? I do, yep. And because I'm in the shop all the time, whatever, so and yeah. they're there, and it's just quick. I can make one, throw something on it, and you know, and be done. Do Do you ever get burnt out though? Like, I, you know, in, in college, I worked at Pizza Hut, and I right. hated pizza. Like, I was like, oh my god, I can't. Man, I, can't do it I tell anymore. you what, I'll go, I'll go a week without having a hot dog, right? And I'll, I'll eat one, but like, oh man, I forgot how good these things <laughs> are, whatever. <laughs> so. My only, my yeah. last question is, and we, we kind of touched a little bit on this, but you've been interviewed dozens of times mm-hmm. on shows just like this, on the radio, live. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not just, not just like this. No. Not as good as this one, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not nearly as fun. We, we are now the slingshot. <laughs> he true. is our pebble. Yes. <laughs> but I, I, was, I was so bent on making sure we didn't ask you, you know, standard guys questions. And yeah. so we tried to avoid some of those. But was there something that, you've always wanted to answer is there a question oh. you're like man i really wish they would have asked me about this oh, about man. my childhood or or my favorite band you know, anything that you're like i just somebody needs to know this about steve yeah for for example i'll 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 kick out okay. an example for you okay i'm i'm very upset that you've never asked me about my love affair with greek mythology like though it's it runs deep you know <laughs> And we've spent a lot of time on silent. Nobody's ever brought that up. Now you know. So what's your deep dark? No one's ever talked about my um, 
my longtime fascination with with kung fu and martial arts and, and uh, <laughs> wow but but not but but i'm talking about like the cinema yeah like, like, like wu-tang stuff like, like kung fu cinema yeah like that was huge like growing up so me. so did you like vhs tapes uh oh yeah and you i mean you grew up in webster groves uh-huh. where, where where are you you know finding the black market on kung fu video because oh, webster groves is going to give you like so green documentaries the movies would come on, I think it was KDNL or whatever, Channel oh, 30. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. You could see them um, every week on, on there. But then it got, it got into magazines. Yeah. So you go to the drugstore and just start buying all the martial arts magazines. And so, <laughs> so it was martial arts. I was, <laughs> was like fascinated with that, that, that whole thing. Did you ever train? Nope. I wish. My parents, my parents wouldn't pay for that. Yeah. I really always wanted to train um and learn kung fu like i always thought that we so of that genre yeah what's your favorite movie oh man i'd have to say um enter the dragon we've seen enter the dragon yeah that's bruce lee yeah 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 Yeah. it's uh that's kind of like a a rite of passage kung fu movie yeah you you gotta be there I remember watching it because I had two brothers that were very close in age, and my mom would always just get pissed off. She can't watch that because yeah. you know inevitably you knew what we were going to do. <laughs> like you're gonna, you're I can do that. Practice on your little brother. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I did. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, hands and knees. Hold on, here comes my knee. You know he flew. Oh my tried. god! Yeah. Practice, uh, practice, well, with my brother. Well, I tell you what, Steve. This is this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate you uh, yeah. taking the time. Um, I'm glad. I hope that we were able to like. Uh, tell those stories that you're that you don't typically get asked about, um, you know. And good luck to your daughter as well, and because uh, they're, they're they're seasons in the spring, correct? Uh, yeah. So she'll be sophomore year. So you you got another year, and then yeah, you know, start then, thinking about that college thing. College, yeah. So. That's uh, so. Uh, congratulations on city. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, again, the if, if people want to donate, they go to. Uh, uh, Give, give us the website real uh, quick. Steve's Hot Dogs, STL.com. Okay. You can donate there. And then uh, you can check out what we're, ha- what we're doing music-wise, theurge.net. Okay. Or steveewingmusic.net. And Master Blaster, when, when's the next show? The Ballpark Village, Ballpark correct? Village, December 2nd. Correct. Yep. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Zach, thank you. Uh, for those of you that have made it this far, please give us a follow because we, we have very low self-esteem. Uh, <laughs> and those follows and downloads actually help us manage our ang- anger towards our children. So yeah, yeah. for the sake of our children. Please do that. For the kids. Us, do yeah. that. For the kids. Yeah. And, and, you know, and if you give us five-star reviews, their Christmas presents get larger and more grotesque. So all of that is a positive. Um, and if you want to email us, we are uh, soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com. Send us ideas, feedback, criticism, complaints. We're good with all of it. So, Steve, thank you. Thank we you, We're going to roll out of here. And uh, until next time.